Light it up. Woo! Hey, we're back. Uh, recording on a special Saturday, actually. Um, special Saturday edition. We like to throw uh, curveballs at you every now and again, so... This, you'll probably be listening as it goes live whenever it will go live. We probably won't hit yeah. the Friday 2.30 schedule, but... It'll hit it. It'll get there sometime, and, um, you know, um, I'm thinking... Might actually try to promote this one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the last one we kind of snuck out under the cover of darkness. Yeah. Well, I think with especially with this week, this 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 epidosis selection, I think it'd be neat to get the word out on. <laughs> so, um, but um, that said, uh, we've also been very busy um, upgrading studios. Um, Mm-hmm. Not about yes, uh, Gonzo Guy HQ, GGHQ North South is uh, is upgraded. Um, that process is complete. Teammate, go. Oh, what the hell? Sorry, I'm uh, looking for some sporty and, guys. And as, and as you can hear, we're still kind of working out the kinks. Yeah, get up. Go, go, win. Teammate, go, 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 go. Never mind. Teammate, I like this. Go, go, win, win, team. Yeah, so <laughs> that's the um, that is the Saturday special Gonzo Guys music. Ah, so, uh, yes. Yeah. That's enough of that, though. Let me just tell you that. And uh, anyway, um, so we um, we uh, we we are recording, and uh, I will soon be upgrading mine as well. Um, Gonzo Guys South South. Uh, HQ will be getting an upgrade here in a couple weeks. Couple weeks. So a week, really, getting to a week, week close enough, somewhere in there. That's also why uh, we're kind of we're kind of in a uh, broken out a schedule. Thing. A lot of things had to be shuffled around, equipment moved, that kind of stuff. Yeah, bodies buried. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. I don't think we had. I don't think I had moved my studio. Of the studio South North or North South uh, studio uh, last time, but um, this time we are set up in the new studio. All good, reliable. No more WWE internet connection for me, brother. <laughs> um, I've actually got, um, I guess, what people call broadband service. Uh, yes, that is correct. It's apparently it's weird. It works all the time. How is the what and the what? It because you know I was under the impression you have to drop it every hour for five to ten minutes, and also just have piss poor bandwidth. And as it turns out, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Finally, welcome to the world of two thousand five. I mean, I was you know I things were okay back in nineteen ninety four, but. Um, you know, hell, I don't know. I had more reliable dial connections. <laughs> now, if you can only get to the place uh, where um, where technology really has an impact, um, like the technology that was uh, available in this week's movie. Oh Christ! Um, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to the movie in a minute, but holy God! And um, and uh, so we have that on the old docket. Um, but first. When was the last time we, uh, it was like in the middle of January, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I think this is the second pod of the year. That's right. So, um, we're right on. We're doing a pretty good schedule. That's one a month. That's right. Look out. We're coming for you. So, cereal and car talk and uh, uh, the other hip trendy podcasts that are out today. We're coming for you. Yeah, and so anybody out there who's you know been posting the nasty stuff about us not keeping a regular schedule, you can just shove it. Yeah, <clears throat> you can stick it where the sun does shine. That's correct. Right, and uh, so since then, um, new X Files has come out. New X Files is fired up. Um, um, I think the Rebels has returned. Star Wars Rebels, in amazing fashion as well, um, and. Uh, Agent Carter is doing okay. It's turning more into a comedy now, but it's mm. uh, it's pretty tasty. Daredevil's due back soon. Yeah. Um, Which looks promising. And then uh, this weekend, Deadpool's out. And uh, That looks like a lot of fun. It's a hard R, too. Apparently there's there's junk as well as boobs in that movie. Well. Yeah, it's a hard R movie. That's okay. That's all right. They should do something for the... Well, it's the only way that really... That's, that's the right way to do uh, Deadpool, so... Yeah, I see a lot of jibber-jabber about that, but I think people just need to shut up. Yeah. The uh, That's, that's kind of like my go-to argument, is like, well, you just need to shut up. <laughs> but, um, this is what you're doing. This is what I want is, you to do. <laughs> I found it's a lot more effective than, you know, putting stuff out there. It's, it's like the same people who are complaining that Deadpool, it should be... Like all insinuation and double entendres and that kind of stuff, but not really are are the same people who are bitching and moaning that they're gonna do why why how come Superman is not blue and a symbol of hope in the Zack Snyder universe? Yeah, it's like you know what he's not always that way in the comic books. And one of their best selling titles was um, based off a video game where Superman was really freaking dark. So anyway, it was really good. I read it, and I don't if that's the movie they're making. Go for it. Let's do it. Yeah, that is coming out uh, March 25th, isn't it? Yeah, um, if you have problems with the new Superman Batman film, I would say you should go read Injustice Gods Among Us. There are several collected volumes of it. Uh, it's quite good. And the thing is with that, they're not even making Superman as... The, he's actually kind of the villain in that book. Um, so they're actually keeping him pretty light. If you look at Man of Steel and you look at that, it's I mean, he's actually pretty light and hopeful. Um, and Justice Gods Among Us is a good read. So. Huh. Well, there you go. So, so um, comic recommendation of February. Justice Gods Among Us volumes, uh, year one, volume one, volume two, and I think they're I think they're just getting released year three, volume one, or year two, volume two. I'm not entirely sure. Hmm. Uh, quite a good read. Until interesting things occur. The uh, yeah. the um. What else is happening? Uh, oh, uh, there's now going to be three more Transformers movies coming out, scheduled for 2017, 18, and 19. <laughs> well, you know, if they're making money, they're making money. Um, the Super Bowl happened, and we saw ads for movies this summer. Um, I know there's one that Mike would like to talk that's about. That's right. The, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sequel um, was amazing. And and why is it amazing? Because they have Krang in it. And yeah. Krang in the robot body and, and the flipping Technodrome. 
And not not got, a technodrome on tank treads, but a technodrome that floats and flies. And you got Bebop. Oh, yeah, that too. Seamus from uh, WWE is uh, Rocksteady. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, very nice. Who's Casey Jones? <sighs> Stephen Amell. That would be Arrow. Arrow is Casey Jones? Yes. All right. Yes. And, and uh, what's her what's her face is April O'Neil? Megan Mega Fox. Fox. Eh, whatever. Um, I don't know if Job is in... Um, what's his face? Job. Yeah, from Arrested Development. Uh, okay. Uh, that guy. Will Arnett. Yeah. I don't know if he's in it again. I could look it up. I'm not, no, I'm not a huge Will Arnett guy, for whatever reason. Well... I can't... He's one of those people can't quite put my finger on it. Like, he's funny enough. <laughs> and he's... I can't he, quite put my finger on it either, but... Well, uh, you know, hey. The, uh... He's there. Will Arnett is in that movie, too. He's, a, he's I mean, it's like one of those things I don't necessarily lo- dislike everything he's in, but I just can't... There's something about it I just don't like. Uh, he's in the same category as Fred Armisen with me. Yeah. Just don't like Fred Armisen. Just kind of doesn't play. have the angle that really connects. I just kind of want... I mean, I don't know what it is about Fred Armisen. I just want to punch him in the face. And I think he's a big, phony, baloney dude. I don't know why. It's just the vibe I get. Hit Portlandia's funny. Skits he's in are funny. I don't deny that. I just don't like the guy. Anyway. Yeah. He, he might be a sweetheart. I don't know, but right now, but from what I, the limited bit I can get a feel for him from from talk shows, and when he's not not doing a character so much, uh, boy, I just want to, just want to punch that guy in the face. Wow. Well, uh, hopefully that will show you. A, I know you had said to me earlier that the trailer looks so good that you might actually go see the first. You might rent the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I stand by that. I am going to rent the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, part of the new studio came with a screening theater. Um, it's a home theater. And other things. But, it's uh, the upgrade of the studios. It is a... Uh, it's pretty sweet. Um, so, right now, actually, as it is a... Um, I am in the process of doing a... I've been lax in my Marvel movie viewing... Um, just from, I think, perhaps a little bit from fatigue. Um, I really enjoy, typically enjoy them when I see them. So I've decided to catch up on some of those. And then uh, the next one up, the ne- because of the theater and the sound and the viewing ability of this thing, uh, it does lend itself to the the big, the big uh, theater pictures. So I'm going to knock out some Marvel ones this weekend. And then uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is right there underneath. Nice. But the new the trailer for the new Turtles movie uh, made me want to see the first one. Although I think I'm probably more excited about seeing the second one because they freaking did Krang. I, I mean, yeah, ever I, since like the first movie, live action like, movie came out, right? It was like and, it was like all right, just do Shredder and Krang, and they didn't. They never did Krang. And they had the fucking Super Shredder. Yeah, Kevin oh. Nash. Whatever. It, it tore his, it, he tore his knee. He blew his knee out on that too. <laughs> well, that's because he blows his knee out sneezing. Yeah. But uh, no, I want to see that. Will be on my list of the, like I I'm right now. I'm big into the. I never quite got the whole like oh Blu-rays are so great. It's like if you have a home theater, or you have really nice viewing setup. Blu-rays are kind of the bomb. Yeah. So yeah, I just use the term the bomb. Oh. The bomb. 
<laughs> well, this week's uh, movie, uh, which we'll get to again here in a second, is uh, well, is the bomb. You probably inspired saying the bomb because of this week's movie. Now, to be yes, this movie is very. That movie, I, I blame the movie entirely. <laughs> I I don't like to assign blame to other things, but I will assign a hundred percent blame to this movie. the bomb. Um, the uh, oh boy. Well, let's see. How many of our listeners do you think remember the Barbarian Brothers? Yeah. And by I mean how many of our listeners, I mean Rod. Um, <laughs> Not many. Um, I bet Rod does remember the Barbarian Brothers. I'm just sure. I mean, it's been so... We've been doing this show for so long, it's kind of amazing that we haven't touched upon this... I am actually surprised we haven't stumbled on these guys earlier, but uh... but um, the Barbarian Brothers are basically um, two dudes. Um, that is the the Paul brothers, really. Um, it's uh, David Paul, I believe, and Peter Paul, and Mary. Then it boop, but so these guys are two giant muscle-headed dudes that had a string of movies featuring them come out in the late 80s and early 90s. Um, and it's about as schlocky as you would expect. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, although although pretty damn watchable. I'll say that. For this one, it was pretty watchable. They also had a couple of them, you know, with um, their first their first movies that they were in together, though. Um was uh, the Barbarians, which is pretty much just a uh, just a knockoff of uh, like Conan the Barbarian. Um, but I mean, I mean, and these guys were two juiced up dudes. Um, anyway, so it was just like it was just like they build themselves as the Barbarian Brothers, and then they made a movie called The Barbarians, which um, was a uh, was a was actually a uh, Canon International film too, so you know that's got a high quality in it. Hey, I like Canon movies. Barbarians is one of them. Uh, I would recommend the Canon documentary if you all haven't seen that. It's, it's good. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, uh, the Barbarian Brothers. Now, my first recollection of these fellas is, if anyone remembers, is I don't know. Spencer stole a store. Uh, yeah, it is. Spencer's Gifts. Okay. That's where you Spencer's get your uh, black lights and your 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 naughty cards. You get your naughty stuff. It's like a big hit when you're like a preteen teenager and you're like, oh, I can buy this kind of borderline saucy stuff. Um, and, you know, pot-related things. Yeah. But that was where you went to get your posters of like your pinup girls and the hot swimsuit model of the time in my day. Or you get the glow-in-the-dark skulls that... Or the glow in the black light posters, or whatever you might float your boat. That's actually also where I would get my Nog Champa. That's the only place I could get Nog Champa. You could buy a poster of a Playboy model, a pot leaf. Um, you could buy your Nog Champa, or you could buy the little Seymour Butts thing where you squeeze the thing and that fat guy drops his pants. <laughs> oh, that's classic. I remember that prominently. But I do remember that, you know, on occasion when I'd be flipping through the posters and they'd have like dirty joke posters and, you know, that kind of stuff. And you'd be flipping through them 
And there'd be your girls in swimsuits and lingerie and whatever else and your jokes, things that you're, you know, uh, I think the, the time the, um, Big Johnson posters or whatever the hell that was called. Yeah, I think I had one of those Big Johnson t-shirts. That, that was kind of big at the time. Um, so you're going through, and then they also had posters of these guys. Yeah. Now at the time, I thought, oh, these are for, these are for girls who thinks these guys are hot. <laughs> and then it came, you know, as you know, I came to understand the way the world works. I'm thinking these are probably actually for dudes who think these dudes are hot. Um. I just don't know. I don't know a lot. I don't know. The, these guys have a very unique look to them. If you don't remember them, they're obviously muscle bound. Um, they're muscle bound meatheads. They're they're two they, hunky they, dudes, is what they are. They are the definition of meatheads. Yeah. Uh, they've got big curly hair, mullets, high waisted, uh, acid wa- acid wash jeans, the big either big oversized high tops, or uh, work boots, and then. Under no circumstances can they ever wear an, an entire shirt. So it's always off a shoulder or torn. Um, if they are wearing a shirt, then there's usually some excuse for them to take it off. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what better way? And this is why this was my pick. And I figured we'd do one for the ladies or the uh, the the dudes that like dudes. Uh, kind of Valentine's Day. Movie. It is. It is very. It's a sweet. Hunky Valentine's Day movie. Oh, excuse me. It's a Gonzo Times movie. Gonzo, Gonzo Times, Times movie. Yeah, that's right. So, um, so that's why, like, I decided to pick this movie called uh, Think Big, and uh, and yeah, the inspiration of Spencer's, as well as the inspiration of just really schlocky late eighties, early nineties uh, movies, um, landed me on this on this particular movie. Now, although we did do a trucker movie uh, earlier, um, I don't, I don't think the trucker. I think it was more of a plot device than really the idea of trucking. I think it was more of just the what better way in the late '80s can you have a cross country adventure um, than to do it through uh, two so, brother cab of a truck? And, yeah, they're that are trying to deliver goods. So. I mean, really, that's that's the only purpose of the trucking in this movie is because the, uh, not the guffaw, but the uh, the uh, what's the uh, the uh, MacGuffin in this movie is something completely wacky or different. Oh boy, the uh, now uh, this movie sounded really bad. That's um, the thing. This movie um, on the surface looked like a turd sandwich, but I mean, it looked like it was going to be a slog to get through it. Um, but boy, it, within the first minutes, it was winning me over. So. Yeah. So, so let's talk. Let's talk about Think Big. It's from Media Entertainment. But here, you'll know right away while it hooked me.
This is all animated, by the way, right here. Yeah. So for uh, for our audio listeners, you may be wondering, hey, is that the Dudley Boys rapping? No. Is that uh, Run DMC rapping? Nope. Nope. It is actually the Paul Brothers rapping over that song. Believe it or not. My favorite verse is about the pyramids. Anyway, the opening is animated. I, I swear I've seen that animator before. It almost looks like a little bit of Ralph Bakshi. It is. But, um, um, yes. I, I should have looked up who the animator was. But that's very. It's a very 90s animator. It would be something like you would see in uh, perhaps a Spike and Mike's or Liquid Television um, or a cheap kids movie, maybe. Um, there is, and that's something we could probably, once we get through this, talk about is like, what are some of the more memorable animated openings to movies? Oh, boy. Because the, uh, because this one uh, is pretty dang good. One Crazy Summer. Yeah. Uh, or National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. No, and I take it back. One Crazy Summer really wasn't the opening. It was just an interlude. Ah, see, then you're talking about John Cusack movies. Yeah. Well, that's an entirely different off, world. Better Off Dead may have had an animated opening. The, uh, but all the Pink Panthers movies did. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, hang on. I know I've got one for uh, Shoot. Yeah, they'll come to me. But, um, yeah, that's what had me hooked. The rap song had me hooked a little bit more, but the, I'm glad the animation had you hooked. Oh, no, no. I, it was I the rap song. If there was no animation, the rap song still would have caught my attention. Yeah. Um, the animation was just a icing the cake. So, um, and I was like, okay, I feel good about this. Yeah, so um, so that's how this movie starts out, um, is the cool opening song and animation. It's very, it is very 90s with the way the rap was going. <laughs> now, even if you feel like the Paul brothers are forgettable, or don't remember them at all, the cast of this movie... Jeez. So that's the other thing, and we saw it rolling through with the credits too. Um, I wouldn't say Ari Myers is like a superstar. Yeah, let's not let's not say that. But, but she was in Dutch, and she and she was pretty hot in that. But oh, but, that's right, she was in Dutch. Um, um, but you, who who's in this movie, Tim? You have not. You have both. You have both Richard Keel and Richard Mall. So you have Bull and Jaws in the same movie. Yes, Bull Shannon and Jaws. And uh, former uh, Epidos veteran Richard Keel. Yes, and from that, that was a great movie. <laughs> I don't remember the name of it. I can't remember either. Like, it wasn't Star Crash because that's a different movie, but it was something like that. No, The Humanoid. Yes. The Humanoid. He was in The Humanoid and it was wonderful. Yes. Um, and he did a lot of James Bond villainy. Uh, we also but, have another uh, Gonzo guys uh, Epidos back. Oh my goodness! And he—we're not done with him yet. There's more to come. <laughs> yeah. Um, in selling this movie to me for this uh, round, it was like, oh, these movies. Da, da, da. He's like, oh, I found the one, and I was like, oh yeah. He's like, David Carradine's in it. 
And I was like, all right. Bye. Sold to the man in the yellow hat. Sold the man Get in the that damn hat. monkey out of here. Now, I feel like his role was not as large as I would have liked. But, um, but he was definitely was... the best actor of everybody. Oh, my God. He was... Oh, Martin Mull is in this, too, by the way. Martin Mull, um, who is sneaky good. He's he in a lot good. of movies and bit parts, and he's pretty funny. And he's been in some TV shows, but he's, you never think superstar Martin Mull. You just think, it, hey, it's Martin Mull. But... Or, or Fernwood Tonight, if you're so inclined. Yeah, I mean, he's just solid. He, What I could say is that he's a solid rock of a performer. And there's a weird... Um, there is a German actor in this movie. He had a fairly prominent career. Um not prominent. Uh, Michael right. Winslow? <laughs> no. <laughs> Michael Winslow is in this movie. Yeah, well. and they... <laughs> he, somehow he negotiated where he didn't have to do any of those silly sounds in it either. Yeah, the, the compromise, I believe, was I'll just do some funny voices, like, you know, conversationally. Yeah. Like, um, these two jokers, oh, you know, and it's just like, oh, I'll do a fake British accent. So he didn't have to make any sounds. I kept waiting for it to happen. That's okay. Yeah. I'm not um, even done yet either. Who's the who's the German guy? The German guy, I, I don't have his name in front of me, but he was. There's an enforcer in this movie who kind of goes after this girl who steals his thing. We'll get to the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's kind of the muscle head muscle guy. Yeah, he's, he's blonde and has a ponytail, and he would he had a pretty he worked solidly from like the late '70s, early '80s, mainly in Germany made the transition over to the States, and he did a lot of work with the director of this movie. Oh, his name is Thomas Gottschalk. Gottschalk. And he did a bunch of movies, and I think he actually has smaller parts in some bigger movies. I think he has a smaller part in National Treasure. Um, the director of this movie... Excuse me. I just had, had some Zaxby's and some, and some Imperial Dr. Pepper. Um, the uh, director is John Turtletob. Yeah. And if that name sounds familiar, he directed... He hasn't done a ton of stuff that I would like. Ooh, that was really great. He did National Treasure, National Treasure 2. Um, Sorcerer's no, Apprentice. Sorcerer's Apprentice. He made some shit. He made too. Phenomenon. Oh, Jesus. Well, oh, he directed. I would, I would say that. That, count, that counts as making it. I don't know. Um, his probably most <laughs> notable, probably most successful thing is going to be... Cool Runnings. Uh, well, that did really well. Though. Three ninjas. <laughs> you know, surprisingly, I think that did okay. His movies, you know, it's one of those things. They're nothing I would write home about, but uh, I think they made money for the most part. Um, he had some clunkers in there too. Um, I can't. There's some. Oh God, phenomenon. National Treasure would probably be his big his yeah. high water. Um, I think he's still working, but he used. He apparently goes to the well with a lot of the same actors. He must have some favorites because that German guy made it into a lot of those movies. Yeah. Um, he did. I think he did another Paul Brothers movie, possibly, um, maybe not. But a lot of the people in this movie show up in his other movies. Yes, uh, but we're not even done yet. And they're still not even done. No, because because we had mentioned uh, we had mentioned got, uh, Michael Winslow. Michael Winslow. You got the two Richards. Uh, there's another famous African American actor in this. Hang on, I'm trying to recall. Who do we have? Uh, Tiny Lister is in this movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Tommy, or as he's professionally known, Tiny, Zeus Lister. They, they called him Z in this movie. Like, at this point, well, yeah, we'll get to that, but I was like, man, 
he was just hanging out on set, and they're like, well, it's like I'm guessing he was he's a bodybuilder. The Paul brothers bodybuilders. They probably you know. Yeah, and I'm thinking it was probably right around the time he was doing that other movie, um, the Ho- Hogan movie. Oh, oh yeah, No Holds Barred. Yeah. Um, yeah, No Holds Barred and Think Big both came out in '89. I would note that uh, this movie. Well, I was I did some checking on this film, possibly because of the connection to David Carradine, uh, and uh, the release date for this film um think big officially hit theaters in march 1990 mm-hmm. it was made in 89 of course um march 1990 was think big in october of 1990 sunny boy comes out yeah now we're gonna lay the bed for that right now but we're not gonna sleep in that just yet just yet no so if you've heard us reference Sunny Boy before, I think all the way back to the first episode. Which kudos to the Blueberry release. Uh, I don't know if we talked about that in the last episode, but oh no! Um, if you first talk about Sunny Boy, you haven't seen it. You should probably pick up the Blu-ray. You can buy it on Amazon, but it's from a company. If you want to go straight to them, called Shout Factory. Yes. Shout Factory slash Scream Factory. They release a lot of horror movies, but they do a very nice job of taking obscure movies like Sunny Boy. Technically, they, they have a lot of focus on the horror genre. Um, they clean them up. They get the cleanest thing they can get. They usually produce some really quality extras, and then they put those babies out. And they do limited runs, so sometimes they're not available after a while. Um, they put a cover on Sunny Boy. If you go look it up, it'll look like a horror movie. It is not. Um, it's a strange movie. It'd probably qualify as a cult movie. Um, but it's really just Sunny Boy. You should see it. Yeah. If Now, if you do buy the DVD, I would recommend you take the cover out, flip it over. It has the alternate cover, um, which was like the movie poster, and it's a much better representation of what the film is. Um, but uh, that movie is very strange. Um, just a quick point of reference, David Carradine uh, plays a woman named Pearl. He's married to a crime boss in the desert. There is no... He is not very... Um, made up to look like a woman. He looks just like a man. He looks like David Carradine in a wig and a dress. And uh, they never acknowledge that. And I believe he filmed this, he filmed Sunny Boy before Think Big, but Sunny Boy came out after Think Big, if I've looked at my history correctly. Um, Two vastly different characters there could not be. Yes. But, I believe we'll get to a theory on that. Later. I think you just laid it out, but that's okay. <laughs> we will get to that. We'll circle back to David Carradine. Um, so, um, all kinds of people that are recognizable in secondary roles. Yes. And, and so you've got uh, two meatheads who are mover, not movers. That's wrong. Movers is an interesting movie too. What's the movie with Paul Reiser and the other comedians who are movers? You know what I'm talking about? Somebody, t- oh God. Other comedians that are also movers? No, there's a movie, uh, Paul Reiser and a couple other guys who were stand up comedians in the mid to late 80s. Oh God. Oh, they- Paul Reiser? And, You're asking they- me a Paul Reiser question. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to know. Give me just one second, I'll tell you what the movie is. Um, Paul Reiser, IMDb. My Two Dads? Right. No. No, no. And. Um, Mad about you? I- 
No, Lyle Alzado was in it. He played worked for the rival moving company. Ooh. He, um, let's just go Odd here. Odd jobs. Ooh, was it Odd Jobs? I think I think we might have a winner. Yes, Odd Jobs. Um, I recommend taking a look at that. Oh wow! Oh, Paul Reiser. Uh, Paul um, Provenza. Paul, that that's who I'm talking Rick about. Rick Overton. That, Robert yeah. Town. Who's Scott McGinnis? Um, I think there's. I think he's a, he was a comedian that chose. You know, and it wasn't freaking. It wasn't uh, Lyle Alzado. It was Jake Steinfeld. Ah, there you go. I get those two mixed up a lot. He likes. He plays a good meathead goon as well. Nice. Uh, Don, Don Imus was in that movie. Not to digress too much, but hmm, that's interesting. All right. Um, so odd job. Secondary. Go check that out sometime. It's probably on Netflix. I don't know. Might not be. Um, I, I I know at one point a guy works as a. Um, vacuum cleaner door-to-door salesman so i think i had some reason for watching that. i don't know anywho's um he they were movers like furniture movers. these guys are truckers in this movie and um apparently they're not very good from what i gather from their boss richard mall um they share a truck and i'm gonna have to consult my notes on this it appeared they had a sleeper truck and I saw one bed and one little dainty net hammock. And I wondered how that worked. Uh-huh. So that, I, that actually left me puzzled for a couple scenes. But um, did the, movie, the movie opens with a pregnant woman in the back of their truck, am I correct? Yeah, so basically, you, it, I like the intro too because it's like, you already know that you don't need to get a backstory from these knuckleheads. They're kind of already out in adventures, doing adventuring and stuff. Of, they they make it obvious they are knuckleheads yes. a little bit. Their license uh, plate says "Lucky," which will play seriously into a lot of the bits in this movie. And technically, if you watch the opening animation through the credits, you get an idea. They get, actually is the exposition for their backstory. Yeah. So, a lot of things happen. They kind of get by the skin of their teeth. Um, you know. Yeah, like, okay, but they're, they're good guys. They do the right thing. So they get this baby to the hospital, but they overshoot it, uh, and they deliver the baby, and everybody's safe, but then, like, the cop that's following him still writes a ticket. So they're lucky, but then again, they're not. And that's kind of, like, well, that frames them for the rest of the movie. Their, their screw-ups are always because they have decided to help someone. Yeah, which is so good. They're driving the pregnant woman to the hospital. They're real superstitious about... Don't worry, we'll play that part. Um, they're very superstitious about riders and it being bad luck, yet they keep picking them up. And at one point, they're she's they're like, "Oh crap, we're, we overshoot the hospital." The guy's trying to turn around. The cops are chasing them. Yeah, David Carradine is a repo man who's waiting for him to miss their last. They're down to their last payment on their truck, and if they miss it, yeah, he uh, chases them too in this while they're going to the hospital. It's just kind of he's kind of a chicken shit. Like he's kind of friendly with them. But um, he's always just kind of waiting for them to screw up and trying to steal their truck. And they have a like, it's big rig, and he's like, oh, they'll the, never find the introduction to uh, Sweeney. The, yeah, the, his name's Sweeney. The introduction is amazing too because he like breaks into someone's car, and then he takes off in it, and then he left like a six pack on top of it. But as he was taken off, he reached up and grabbed it and pulled it back into the car. It was a beautiful <laughs> intro. 
Um, so you got Sweeney chasing the cops, chasing them. And at some point, they're driving. They got their shirts in. Like, this is why we don't have brighters, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, she's like, oh, I'm going to have the baby. And they're like, we better take our shirts off. We're using them for blankets. Exactly, right? Check out our muscles. I'm not exaggerating when I say we better take our shirt. They actually say that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, it's one of those. Let me just, I might even, hang on. Hang on. Let's go away, Craig. Hell yeah. There we go. Victor, get back there. Uh, you get a lot of that. Um, and excuse me, I was wrong. He said, use our shirts for blankets or something. Anyway, so um, and the uh, immediately like they, they go away. He goes to the back to help her. They cut in, and he's got his hat on backwards. He's got a catcher's mitt, and he's standing at the bottom of her legs. <laughs> and might I add, slapping the catcher's mitt, going, "Come on, let's sit there." <laughs> I know. <laughs> Which actually, that was a pretty funny gag. So I'll give, I'll, I, I laughed at that. That was actually pretty funny. She went to so, Lamont's. I think she's in Le Mans. Oh. This, you know what? The only other movie I can think that references Le Mans at the race, not so much Le Mans, the pregnancy breathing technique. Uh, oh, we is, also uh, get one of their classic. So, since they're very superstitious, they do a lot of oh. superstitious things. And oh. I think the first one they did was my favorite one. They did. They, they have two, and one of them they use a lot. And then one, they have the chicken bone one, and they have a rabbit's foot one, I believe. Yeah, so they whip out a wishbone. Bone. Lucky, lucky, lucky chicken yeah, bone. Chicken bone, chicken bone. Lucky, lucky chicken bone. <laughs> yeah, Think just... about having kids. Victor, we're going to lose our truck because of you. They have such little feet. And chicks rarely dig it when you have kids with them. If we don't make it on time, I'm going to kill you. Besides, babies are good luck. Unless you know if they're born with like three sixes on their tongue or something. Victor, riders are bad luck and you know it. Two riders are twice. We're just giving you all this extra. Relax, it's only one rider so far. And if we do make it on time, I'm still going to kill you. You know, I've been somewhere, I don't know, but women are most attractive when they give birth. Drive faster, drive faster, drive faster, drive faster! Ah! Why'd you do this, Vic? Why? Stop! Hey, stop! Good thinking, ignoring the people. Chicken bones coming up next. I can't remember quite where it was. Chicken bone, chicken bone, lucky, lucky, chicken bone, chicken bone, chicken bone, lucky, lucky, chicken bone. What's he going back there, Matt? 
Uh, I don't know. I think she went to Le Mans. <laughs> 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 Whoo! Uh, yeah, so uh, the Le Mans thing. The only Le Mans joke I can think of is uh, Police Academy 3. Uh, when It might have been 3 or 4. And Sweet Chuck is driving in to join the Police Academy and somebody passes him and goes, This is not Le Mans! But there you go. And he meant Le Mans. Le Mans. So, so you get a good taste of just how goofy these guys are. Um, and there, that was one instance of their superstition. They had the chicken bone ritual. And then the other one is like, Kumbaya! Uh, kind of it actually is a little more um, put together. Yeah. yeah. Let me see if I can find an instance of that. Um, there's a bunch of plot, blah, blah, blah. Fat kid picking his nose. Lucky, lucky, chicken, lucky, chicken, bone. Hang on, everyone, just do well. Fast forward here. Do, do, do. Um, all right, so they get the girl to the hospital. They still get a ticket. They go back to the shop. Um. Richard Mull chews them out and they get another job only because no one else wants to haul the toxic waste. Meatheads. And they're like, okay, we'll take it. We lucked out again. And so the guy puts a clock in their car to a like, foul like car. the foul up clock. Um, it might have, I don't know, you got maybe a cheap laugh of blue humor if you called the fuck up clock, <laughs> but um, they basically. Um, so they're going to go do this thing. Meanwhile, God, this next part is so fucking convoluted. Um, let me get to, I think I've just about got the rabbit trick here coming up. Do-do-do. Now almost there. Okay, hang on. Please just ride with you until I figure something out. We'll explain her in a minute. He's put on a rabbit hat or something. There we go. Rabbit, rabbit, treat him good. Lucky, lucky, knock on wood. Yogi Bear, Tug McGraw, start her up. Kumbaya. And that one they do a few times in the movie. Now, <clears throat> they take the toxic waste. They're in Montana, I believe. Okay, so they... Uh, they- yeah, Tiny Lister's on the dock too, and he was just in the movie. And uh, but Richard Mull calls them foul ups or no? Yeah, yeah. foul ups because they lost a bet, right? Um, but they go to this one place in <laughs> Jordan, Montana. They go to Jordan, Montana. I think it's fictional because this is the late '80s, and who are the biggest superstars? Yeah, Michael Jordan, Jordan and Joe Montana. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I think you're onto something there. I didn't catch that at all, but um, they basically go to this, it's like a high-tech firm, but they have a bunch of toxic waste. And a Department of Defense contract. And a Department of Defense contract. And and so, the most weirdest way of actually cultivating genius and uh, making money off of it. <laughs> I don't know, if even when we say this, it's not going to sound like it's a legal thing. Um, it's a movie, I guess, so it doesn't matter. This company that, let's just say it's a high-tech company that makes, you know, calculators and robots and things like that. Like Sphero, maybe. Yeah. And um, 
so they're out there making the stuff. And the way they get their ideas is they do free schooling and they get these genius kids and they lock them in a room with computers and make them do God knows what programming and work through their ideas. And then the company then takes their, all of their intellectual property that they generate as young people and sells it for millions of dollars. And like the whole trade-off is they get a free education and all this high-end equipment and their trade, their payment is their output of like whatever they come up with. And they have the German guy in this movie. He's like the goon. He just stands in the room and reads the paper while these kids mash away on these keyboards. And one of them is a, a, are we assuming she's a high school girl? Is that we're going with? I think so. Yeah. Well, she's like 16 and a, she wears the most, Cotton itchy like cut-up shirt. I'm a little like, is was that really what girls that age wore? That I don't know if it's because I'm about to become a father, but um, I'm looking well, at her and I'm like, why is that cutoff so high? It just doesn't even look right. It is a that it, I believe that is late '80s, early '90s. Acting. So the other thing I thought about that is maybe she she was just kind of emulating the Barbarian Brothers because that's how they wear their stupid shirts. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, one of them, sometimes he's wearing a shirt and it's, like, cut off below his, his pecs. Yeah. And then sometimes he's just wearing one off the shoulder. He wear it's... I mean, they can do whatever they want, but it seemed to be a very feminine style for such well, big it's, muscles. It's, it's for the ladies who appreciate hunky guys that dress really loose. Beefcakes. Yes. They're beefcakes. That's what I... That's the that's term. That's the term. So... That term, beefcakes. They're beefcakes. So I'm thinking maybe they either like made her like wear stuff like that so they could like people can I'd say, oh, well she's a lot like those guys because they all wear the same kind of clothes. They all kind of wear high-waisted jeans and cut-off t-shirts and cut-off shirts. <laughs> I'd say, unfortunately, I think everybody kind of did a little That's bit. That's brutal. Then. Although the one guy when he dressed up nice, it was really just a... Uh, it was a button-down shirt, but he tucked he tucked everything in in except for the front, and it just looked kind of weird. There was a lot of bad things that happened clothing wise. There was a lot of fashion tragedies in this movie. Um, I mean, like it used to be. I remember people like look back in the seventies, like Jesus, look at that. People are. I mean, it's starting to be now where you can look back at pictures of yourself in the nineties and your neon colors, and you're like, oh boy. Um, you know, and you didn't stick out. But I think she. We'll call him you know, like team cut off. Team Cutoff, um, she kind of does fit the motif of those two But fellas. she started out, she works for Martin Mull in this, like... Uh, it's like her school, like the principal, but also the president of the company that does their free education. No parents to be found. Yeah, there's just kids there, no parents. And various ages, so she could be like a senior in high school, we don't know. Um, but her, like her classmate or uh, slave mate, or I mean, it kind of is slave... There's a little bit of a slave overtone to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's and I also got the weird vibe. I don't know why they had to bring up like the fat camp thing. There's some reason for some reason they're being a counselor. Mitchell was the man, the the fat kid that was that was like her friend. Oh geez. He was so there's awesome. A little, there's a little fat kid who picks his nose at the beginning. And husky. I think I that's probably because I was that husky. kid growing up that I identified with him husky. so much. He was husky. He wasn't fat. He was just a little thick. Yeah. And <laughs> um, he's so husky. Um, He's there, and he's doing his little keyboard mash and stuff, too. And the whole thing is, they don't really... I mean, to their credit, they didn't try to, like, do a backstory for this. No, they basically, that's a refreshing, especially in the age now of superhero movies. 
It's so awesome to see people just kind of just like you 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 kind of jump in the story and then you take off. It's almost it's almost like what Mad Max Fury Road was, but we already knew the history of Mad Max. But even if you didn't, you just there you go, boom, let's go. And um, they kind of hit the ground running with the girl in that she's already knows she kind of knows what's up with the company that like they're going to sell her ideas. Yeah, and. She figured, and like they tell the kids, we're going to sell them to hospitals and you know help people and do good in the world. And really, they're going to sell her device to like I don't know who the hell they're selling it to. I didn't quite get that, but they're going to sell it to somebody who basically wants to kill the Secretary of State um, and do a lot of bad things with it. Yeah. Now, how would we describe her device that she has come up with? It's I put down. It's kind of like a Harmony Universal Remote Control. That is It'll pretty put, much what it is. It will pretty much control anything that's electronic. Um, and apparently also control anything that's electronic, even if it has no remote function. Um, definitely remote stuff, which would actually be plausible. But it like can turn off cars. It's kind of like the device in Escape from L.A. Yeah. If, you were, if any of you have seen that. Yeah. Um, you can just punch in a code and it will turn off the electricity for a certain geographic region. It's like a TV remote, literally. And you just punch in a series of numbers and you can turn lights on and off and the car engines on and off and uh, laser guns that can stop pacemakers. Yeah. Um, and anyway, I don't know exactly what the good purpose of it was. Yeah. Other than being like a sweet ass universal remote, um, which would have been cutting edge at the time. Um, but anyway, Martin Mull's got it, and he's demoing it for the, the bad guys. That's about the extent of all you need to know about them. And they want to give him a bunch of money, and he wants a bunch of money, and she doesn't like the fact they're selling it for nefarious purposes. Um, she gets out of this, the lockdown study room by saying she's having her period. <laughs> um, oh, the 80s. Good ploy, I guess, You know, if you got an uptight German dude reading the paper in there. Uh, so she plays that on him. She goes out, finds out he's going to sell it to bad people. She talks to him about it. Doesn't tell him she knows about the bad guys. It's glitchy though. That's the whole thing. Is it kind of screws up during the demo? Well, of course. And, you got to make Martin Mull look dumb. And uh, I guess you know I, I never thought of this to this point in our podcast, but um, spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, retroactive to every other episode we've done. Um, so it's kind of screwing up the guys like you better get those bugs fixed figured out by tomorrow or you know apparently they one they aren't going to buy them and two it kind of sounded like they were going to kill them um, and so he's like oh I'm going to put you with the seniors to work on this on you know fixing your bugs and she's like no no I'll fix it and <laughs> um, he just so get it out of his hands she gets it and so she's going to totally bug out Um. So she goes back to slave room one and, you know, uh, Husky's in there pounding away and <laughs> he's, and he's, they're all at their little keyboards nerding up early nineties style, late eighties. And she gets on there and my God, I mean, the lack of, you know, like lack of graphic user interface does not stop this girl from just like instantly chatting with her boyfriend in Beverly Hills. With the series of a couple clicks, she's, I mean, a couple keystrokes, she's there. And then, meanwhile, Chubbs McEater is behind her. And rather than just even look over her screen and eavesdrop, like classic style, he just taps into her screen 
and is watching her text this boy in in uh and you think okay the kid's gonna rat her out yeah and she's like but she's savvy and she's like hey you're are you eavesdropping and then like you just take types no so <laughs> but which i also kind of thought was funny so anyway, he's like, I swear, I swear, I swear, I will not tell you, which entirely foreshadows that he's totally going to crack later. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not willingly. He seemed genuine enough. Um, but, you know, something was going to happen with him. And it didn't take the angle I thought they would. But eh. um, so anyway, she's going to bug out. She turns off the security camera and puts Bullwinkle on. And I thought one of the security guards was Jay Underwood of um, Sleep Stalker fame. Um it was not. It was a guy who looks like Jay Underwood. I, mean, um, I spent an inordinate amount of time trying to find out. I was like, how, why? I'm like, he should be listed in the cast if it's him because he wasn't big enough to deserve like an uncredited cameo. Um, anyway, it wasn't Jay, it wasn't, it wasn't him. Um, yeah, so, um, that was purely me because I'm fascinated by Jay Underwood for whatever reason. <laughs> we'll have to do a retrospective on him. He's going. He, he's not quite at the David Carradine level of fascination, but he's he's at least in the second tier. So he's been. I've watched a lot of weird things with him in it. Um, Sleep Stalker being probably my favorite. So. He's in the Boy Who Could Fly, and he was the the fuck. He was Bug and Uncle Buck. So. <laughs> nice. Anyway, uh, Jay Underwood tangent finished. <laughs> Uh, okay, so she's got the magic garage door opener, universal remote thing. Uh, she sneaks out. She sneaks out in the truck. She goes and hides in the back of their truck because they're loading up the toxic waste out back. And it's a she sleeper. Sneaks... It's a sleeper, so she goes back and sleeps under what I can only imagine are just foul, foul-smelling blankets. Um, and, you know, probably underneath the bag with protein powder and God knows what else. Um, so she's back there and she does kind of serve as the chorus or the audience for us because she's sitting back there and meanwhile the two brothers are having an enthralling game of operation while they drive the truck uh, complete with costumes yeah I've never seen anyone like okay like I've never seen anyone dress up to play a board game they really like operation. Short, short of me wearing a barrel for Las Vegas junket, like which is totally, totally understandable. Which, if you haven't played Las Vegas junket, that's a great game. If you, by the way, if you, yeah, it's a great board game. Go on eBay, you can probably get it for about fifteen. It's a bucks classic board game. It's fun as hell. Yeah. And on top, there we have an inside joke about a barrel. Um, for to play with us, you need to bring a barrel. Because if you lose all your money, then then you get you lose your clothes and you have to wear a barrel like the only. Let you get lines of credit and you can blow that. And by the end of the game, you could technically be so poor that you would, like in a twenties barrel. Yeah, but you don't see people dress up as uh, real estate agents in Monopoly. No, so they're driving. Mind you, they're driving. They're not parked. They're driving, and the they're wearing like surgeons' masks and hats and scrubs. And they're playing Operation and narrating it. Um, you know, I'm backing this up to the Operation bit. Because, oddly enough, this movie's premium. <laughs> oddly <laughs> enough, this movie's premium sounds like the title. <laughs> um, so, they're doing it. And the thing that's the funniest part about it is the Operation thing all side, whatever. 
their conversation is so stupid. And you're like, God, they're stupid. And eventually she cracks and she's like, that's the stupidest conversation I've ever heard in my life. And it's like, thank God somebody said it. And that's what gives her away. Their stupidity made her give herself away. Okay, she's going to hide in the car. They beat up a Coke machine because it ate their quarter. And they took got some Cokes. All right, here we go. I do like the MIDI music in this. The most delicate part of the operation, Doctor. This slightest error could result in abdominal bleeding and irreversible tissue damage. This is the guy driving the truck. I might add he's wearing scrubs with one shoulder sticking out. I think about that. Deep thoughts. Just play the game, Wraith. I'm serious. We're follow-ups, baby. Just like he was. Follow-ups. We lose our jobs. We lose our jobs. We lose our truck. We lose our truck. We lose everything. Even that guy at Techstar treated us like follow-ups. He doesn't even know us. Did you stop worrying? We're gonna make this delivery. Collect the two G's, start saving some bread, and before you know it, we'll be all set. Victor and Rafe's trucking. Rafe and Victor's trucking. I'm over. By one minute! Yeah, but that's enough to make me king and you nothing. Here it is. been a king when he died. Not if you were a girl. Yeah, but if I was a girl, you would be a girl. I would become queen. And you still would be nothing. Okay. But I'm not a girl. And you would be. Stupidest conversation I've ever heard. Ryder! Ryder! <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah. So uh, she, does, she does a nice job standing for the audience there. Um, yeah, this is like this. So they they're like, we're not going to take you anywhere. And she goes, she whips out her portable computer that probably weighs nine tons, and proceeds to buy herself a plane ticket. Again, this is 1990. Yeah. So all they do is just print on a screen. You have bought a plane ticket. You bought a plane ticket, and apparently she's got a whole like satellite connection going and everything, and her magic remote. She kind of hacks time, as they like to say in the business. Um, or in Kung Fury. And uh, so they take her to the Billings Airport, I think, to get it, go to Los Angeles. Well, Martin Wolf finds out, basically. He finds out because they, like, run his credit cards or somebody. They're looking around at her stuff. And Well, and then there's this really cool joke in that where the, his henchman is like, and also from Fredericks of Hollywood, he's like, he's like, all right, cancel the credit cards and don't mention anything about the Fredericks of Hollywood thing. <laughs> well, the henchman is like, oh, she bought, I don't know what she, her deal is, but she bought something from Fredericks of from Hollywood. And the guy, and Martin Mills is just like, oh, what the, well, cancel all my cards and, yeah, keep quiet about Fredericks of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. 
whatever Martin Mull's buying from. I mean, he could have been buying lingerie for his wife or something. I don't care. He didn't look like he was married, so I I was under the impression he was buying it for himself. <laughs> well, no, I'm I'm assuming they're trying to go something a little more lurid and for the joke. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so they tells the German guy to shut up about that. They cancel all the cards. They get somebody out the Billings. I guess they're in Montana, so that's not that far, but yeah. everything's full of Montana. Um, and then, and then they pretty much like cut to uh, she gets somehow she gets back on the truck because she drives away in the truck. Oh, because they had a they fight go, in the airport. They get her in the airport. They see her starting to get manhandled. Mm-hmm. They come in to save her again. They try to do good and they screw something up. But so they're in there and they're beating guys up and throwing people off. There's a couple times where they chuck some people off some pretty good heights. Um, there's a little comedy built in. Like they one time they punched the guy and he's like, oh, and they're like, that hurt. And the guy's like, yeah, of course it hurt. <laughs> and then they proceed to beat him up some more. Um, everybody hits him in the head with stuff and they'd like get knocked out for like 10 seconds tops and they're back up and just whomping people. Yeah. Uh, one guy knows karate and he's doing a lot of war and the guy just punches them. Indiana Jones guy, uh, this is an inside joke, but the guy who did karate looks like Andy hurt. So, Ooh, that's inside yeah. joke. A call out to a former compadre of ours. Yeah, we maybe we'll perhaps we'll tag him when we promote this one. <laughs> Wait, what? <clears throat> oh, <laughs> yes. Not yeah, we'll promote- other kind of tagging. Okay, I guess. Oh no, yeah, <laughs> no, no. We will um, have him receive a social notification via some tool. <laughs> Wait, um, tool? Yeah. Wait. <laughs> oh. That has been a while since I've heard that. I found it. It was packed last time. Um, fresh out of the mothballs. Um, okay. Now I just got to find my Harpo jacket. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yes, he did look like Andy Hurt. For those of you who know him, that's what he looked like. Um, so they rough up the guys. She tries to steal their truck, and they're like, before, when this should be noted, when Sweeney, David Carradine, tried to steal their truck or repo it, ahead of schedule they're like he'll never find second gear apparently they've done something to it yeah and he can't and they run up and they're like hey where are you going he's like oh sorry fellas i'm just kidding i don't really want to take your truck he's he's kind of a good bag off villain yeah and uh he leaves and then uh, like he has a gun at one point and they like take the gun from him and throw it away he's like well i didn't like that gun anyway it's all right um and uh so she they're like well she'll never find second and she did, of course. Um, and I can't remember. I think eventually they apparently got on the truck and they climbed down, stick their big mullet heads over the window, and they're like, "Pull over!" And so there, she's like, "I don't have." He took everything I have. Can you just, you know, kind of just ride with you till I figure something else out? And it's like, fine, you know. And they get on the road, and at this point, I think they end up. This isn't they end up at the weird motel. Yeah. And they end up at a no-tell motel trucker stop thing. And that's when they run into Michael Winslow. And... Oh, they go to the, tru- they go to the truck stop first. I think. Oh, yeah, that's right. First they stop at a truck stop to get something to eat. And there's a lot of eating. There's a weird bit where one of the brothers... Yes, one of the brothers gets pulled aside, like when he's going back to the restroom by a waitress who just starts, like, humping him. Yeah, um, yeah. Clean humping. It's it's a PG. Movie. Yeah, that's the thing. I was kind of imp- I was impressed of with too was that they uh, they could have done the, the the standard for the time was at least one scene that had like some boobs in it. 
but they they, uh, they they only got to the to that point where they almost did it. And thank goodness they did too, because like the lady, the girl walks in on them doing it. So that would have been a little awkward if like if there was some actual nudity in there. Yeah, because we don't. There's no real telling that this girl, she's girl, could be 16. She could be 18. Either way, it's a tri- it's tr- tricky ground. Still, yeah. You don't want to. You just want to stay away from that. Yeah. But um, this is actually, I would say, this is right at the spot where they kind of stopped doing that, like the screwball comedies of the 80s that did it a lot, and yeah. action movies. Um, there's a whole thing. This is another slight aside. Uh, you have like the 70s, 60s, 70s, and you see this real push where there's just all this somewhat experimental cinema, some somewhat grindhousey stuff where they just push boundaries and limits and things just to kind of titillate the audience. And then that carries over a bit into the eighties. You have screwball comedies with just lots of just kind of, I would call it safe nudity, you know, a lot of just running around boobs and stuff. And so you have all that stuff and there's a whole thing about it. And they talk about how conservative Hollywood got like in the mid eighties and they started clamping down on nudity and violence to an extent, like the gore, they cut down on way. Like if you watch movies and you hit about 85, 86, you'll watch, you can almost see it across all the movies and you can watch the gore and the nudity come out and the nudity hung around for a little bit longer. And then by the nineties, they were pulling all of the nudity out of movies. So there really was like a real push to clean up Hollywood movies. And um, to an extent, they were more cons- films made in the late 80s, early 90s were more conservative than films made in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So just there you go. That was almost too. I think that may not even fit this. My, that's wrong podcast. Sorry. <laughs> um, so anyway, aside from that, the lady kind of like dry humps him in the back she sees it and she's like ah and she's like i'm gonna she says something to make it be uncomfortable and he's like oh my god and she she was pretty much ready to have sex with him and amidst the ketchup and mustard bottles um like within two feet of customers before but then a girl like pops the door open for half a second and she, all of a sudden she's like oh no i can't do this and, and she also thought he was his brother yeah yeah um and then she proceeds to punch him and hit him and that was stuff. pretty good that it's like, how right. can you not tell them apart? But I guess they're twins, kind of. They, they are twins, kind of, but they are definitely different enough. They are fraternal twins. Um, they're definitely brothers. The reason they look alike is because they're muscular. If they weren't muscular, they would look similar, but not identical. Um, and so anyway, he comes back up, but they're eating all this food. And then they see Michael Winslow. He's like a regular truck stop. And basically, he's going to L.A., too and they're like well they know to be looking for us so can you take this girl to la he's like yeah sure and like they go outside and like the second they get outside the pe- the bad guys well okay and yeah martin mole hires richard keel because the knuckleheads got their ass kicked at the airport so they then now send they send i think they send the you know first tier knuckleheads with richard keel yeah and so they come in, and now he's kind of leading the operation. Blonde guy's been demoted to second banana. And um, at one point, they get out of the back of the car. One guy's got a two-by-four, and one guy's got a chain. Because um, that's what I always think of when you go to kidnap – well, I guess kidnap, yeah. Kidnap back a girl that you have secretly doing advanced technological design in your Montana – I don't – God, that's – you can just think about it. It's like Texas Instruments took high school kids and raised them. Yeah. And stole ideas. Um, 
anyway, there's a big another brawl um, in the truck stop parking lot. Again, she gets the truck. She's driving away again. They're like, ah, oh, she's stealing her truck again, damn it. And she stops this time, and they get in the truck, and they hit the road. And they decide that the truck is kind of doing some weird stuff, so they better pull off for the night. So they go to a no-tell motel and pull the truck around back. But you see a car following them. They go, oh. Yeah. Who is yeah. this? Because they rip up, before they leave the last time, they actually disable the people's cars. Uh-huh. She's trying to do it with her her fancy magic remote. And there are guys like, oh, I should just pull these out. And they rip the two, like, you know, rip some cables out. <laughs> they're like, there, they're not working. Um, now, I do have, we have to jump back for just a second. Back at the weird training camp, North Korea-esque. Yeah. That's running with these kids making stuff. They apparently send the kid to their credit. They either send their kids to a counselor or a brainwasher. Woman, really who, both. Like, oh, but. probably a little bit of both, and who used to be a student there, and I guess she, it probably talks to him about how you know I know we killed your parents and brought you here, but you know, but I don't even think they they never talk about the parents, so you do wonder if they didn't you know the parents, but then you find out later that the parents like, apparently send them there to get the education or whatever. Anyway, so she's a counselor there. You can't tell if she's bad or good at the beginning. At some point, she goes and confronts Richard. Mul- oh Richard yeah, Mul- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this plays in later, too. Uh, she confronts Martin Mull and says, like, hey, you know, she knew what you were doing. She knew who you were going to sell her product to. That's why she ran. You know, can you blame her? And you're like, okay, so she's a good lady for the most part. And she goes, and I didn't know you were making all these backdoor deals. And um, and some of it was, I don't think they were ever going to give her the money. I think he was just going to keep the money for himself. He just had to fess up to it a little bit to get the thing fixed. Meanwhile... She disappears for a while. They pull into the hotel. Um, this, this is very just an odd part. Uh, they go in the hotel room. There's two single beds. She's like, oh, there's only two beds. And they're like, I don't quite remember what the deal was there. But she's like, okay, I'm going to go take a shower. And I don't if I remember. She has no clo- She has not a, a scent to her name nor extra clothing. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so she's going to clean up. I can't, she probably has been wearing the same clothes for a couple days. Fair enough. So she goes to clean up. And uh, knock at the door. It is scientist lady. Yeah, she somehow tracked them all down. She somehow figured out where they were. She's got a gun, um, and she proceeds to like pull it on one of the meatheads, and she's gonna like tie him up. And he's like, "Ooh, this is kinky." <laughs> and uh, she keeps like putting these weak ass knots on him. And he like she ties up his wrist, and he's laying on the bed. And then she's like, "Well, he can still stand up, you idiot." <laughs> Um, anyway, he keeps breaking the knots because he's just like, you got time tighter. <laughs> and she thinks that they are probably taking some kind of sexual advantage of the girl. Yeah. It's implied. It's very, very subtly implied. But she's like, I don't know what you're doing to that girl. And it's like, I'm not doing anything, really. But now that the, the scene leading up to it is like, I'm going to go take a shower. And they're in a hotel with her. I'm like, well, all right, well, now I can kind of see her case. Um, and so... She's in there. Meathead 2 comes in. She knocks out the one meathead with the gun, but he's back up a few seconds later. And then like an hour later, they're all having pizza and laughing about it. Um, and they explain, they do all the exposition, blah, 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 this and that. And I have this thing. And then magically the hotel remote looks exactly like her device. I know. And it's just like, oh, how convenient that she designed this off of. That hotel's remote. I say Mike. I might have been remote. Yeah. Um, 
so they have the remote and like he's like oh here's the tv remote and they're like playing with it she's like don't crush it. that's my prototype and um he accidentally pushes the button turns all the lights off in the room and he turns it back on he's like oh this was the other one oops and then you're like okay now there's two so you know what that means you're gonna have to switcheroo yeah, obviously that was going to happen at some point. So there's the MacGuffin, and there's the... The MacGuffin much like, much like in the uh, three Crazy Boatman movie, there's two bags, you know, two things. Like, there's a bag of money, and there's a bag of clothes. Yeah. So uh, Anyway, so there's two remotes now, and the lady's there, and they're getting up in the morning. And is they, I can't remember, they catch up to him at the hotel? I can't remember if they do or not. Sweeney does, at least. Sweeney gets them at the hotel... He tries to steal their truck. They get it back from him. Um, I'm trying to recall what happened after that. He is quite uh, the uh, repo man. And then Mitchell, that, like, kind of... They kind of... Uh, Mitchell does something. I said he deserves an actor. They, Mark Mullen tries to intimidate Mitchell. Oh, yes. Poor Mitchell the Husky, ch- husky Child. Um, Mitchell the Husky Child is in there slaving away again. And uh, meanwhile, oh, no, I take it back. He's not slaving away. He's crawling under some kind of wire cabinet to get his little his candy bar that he's stashed there. Yeah, because every fat kid yeah. has a candy bar stash. Yeah. Apparently, he's not only in like IT internment camp; it's also fat camp. Um, yeah. And so he's getting his sneaking his chocolate, and he's like, "Oh no!" And he keep then they're like, "You know, we're not mad at you, or whatever." And he covers up the chocolate bar like they're going to take it from because you know, they want to remind you he's fat. And um, so then you're thinking, okay, they're going to, I figure they're going to blackmail him something to do with him sneaking candy and telling his parents. But they're like, no, do you want us to tell your parents you still wet the bed? Oh, my God. And it's like, well, he probably wet the bed because you kidnapped him from his family and locked him in a room and making him do God knows whatever his little ideas are. Yeah. And um, they're like, you're going to hack into her computer. And he's like, no, I can't. She's got a password. And she, she's got a password. She's got a password, and it's like, and he goes, and this, and a tamper sensor, and a da da da, and something else. And they're like, yeah, you'll go ahead, or we'll tell your parents you still wet the bed. And then he, then they find it, they cut away, cut back, and he's giving them some information about where she's going with the, her boyfriend in California. And he, like a little tear, wipes away from his eye, like, oh, <laughs> poor husky. Poor, poor and, husky. So Mitchell, poor little Mitchell, you know he he's he hasn't betrayed her on purpose. He had to. He was being used, psychological trauma was being used to him because I'm sure his parents would be very disappointed if they knew he was still wetting the bed. So, um, although he seemed to be perfectly fine sending him away to work in a company when he's like ten. Um, yeah, which makes uh, no sense either. So whatever, I think he basically just tells him she's going to California, which I figure they could have probably figured out either way. Um. So they, I'm trying to remember what happened right after the motel because they stayed there. Oh, let's see here. Stayed there. Carradine takes them there to run at the truck. They get it back again. But then problem. they get they get chased by. Um. They get chased by the 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 military dudes or the 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 super yeah. think tank yeah, dudes. Right. That is the truck stop, and that's where Richard Keel shows up. And well, no, they—it's during the day, right? There, well, there's a second round with Richard Keel. Yeah, up. and they're like, 
somehow the truck gets stuck on train tracks. Oh, they're going to try to beat the train to get away from all their guys. And it's stalled it's out on like, the tracks. There was a little one-on-one -on -one fight with Richard Keel and one of the brothers. And uh, what happened is he got stuck under an auto lift. Oh, yeah. And there was a little well, bit wait, of Wait, no, that was after. That was after they got stuck on the tracks. Was that after? They got, I, well, I'm, I'm skipping ahead through this film on fast-forward mode. They get in a fight at the truck stop. Yeah. But that's at, at night, and that's with Michael Winslow. And he fights the brother, and they hit these two steel bars together, and you know how it rattles your yeah, hands? Yeah, like, yeah. No, that, yeah, that, was, that was there, and then there was like, oh, no, let's not do that. <laughs> they hit that, and they're like, let's not do that again. They're like, no, that, that hurts. <laughs> and then they proceed to keep fighting. And there's a lot of that in the fighting. But then he's like, they're like, yeah, let's not do that again. But then he pulls a knife out. He's going to stab him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, he gets trapped under a lift. They rip up the cars, all the stuff we talked about mm -hmm. before. They do the mm -hmm. they do the rabbit chant. Um, they go to the hotel. They get up. And then the guys show up again in the morning. Yeah. And they're making a run. I think Sweeney's there, too, because he always seems to show up, too. Yeah. He, they get the truck back from Sweeney. And then they're being chased on, in car. While they're in the truck, yeah. and they're yeah. like, "We can beat that train, and they'll get stuck." But and but, I think the remote screws up and turns the truck off. Am I right? Yeah, something like that. Like that. And oh yeah, because Sweeney steals the truck full of toxic waste, which we should mention again, is full of toxic waste. The brothers in the back securing the stuff. One of them, Paul or whatever, and well, one of the Pauls is back there. He's back there eating. He's not really securing the load. He's back there eating a fucking banana. Mm -hmm. Um laying comfortably on top of the tons and tons of toxic waste, which we'll get back to. Anyway, Sweeney's taking the truck. He's back there lollygagging, eating a banana. They catch up to him. Um, they get on the truck. Um, Sweeney gets out, whatever. They get the truck. They make a run for the train tracks. Now it is the doctor, the girl, and the two Paul brothers. The one, yeah, the doctor, the, sweet, the, doc, the, sweet the doctor lady little. totally wants to tap the Rafe, Rafe too. Is it Rafe, Rafe she's into? Yeah. Yes. So she's into Rafe. They get stuck in the tracks because the thing malfunctions. Um, they do the rabbit chant in the nick of time, mind you. Those guys were going to shoot him, but they're all like, they're like, wait, yeah. there's toxic waste if it explodes. We can't have that happen. And so they proceed, they get her to her boyfriend in Beverly Hills or wherever. Yeah, and th this is where the movie kind of trails it off kind of, for me. It went off a little bit on the rails. They get her to the, the her boyfriend's house. They then look at their foul-up clock, and they're like, we still got two hours. And they, like, bump it with their elbow, and it's like, oh, crap, we got 30 minutes. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know how far away they were in Los Angeles, but far enough, I guess. Um, and so they're like, oh, crap, we got to hurry. And uh, meanwhile, the goons show up. Yep. Yep. And they get in there, and then they like, they're gonna cut the boyfriend's throat. That's some hard stuff. It was like, wow, really? Well, and they they start to go deliver their stuff, and they're gonna make it. And then who saves the day? But little fat Mitchell. Yeah, he's like, it's, he taps into the CB network, and he tells the doctor. They're going to the boyfriend's house. You got to go back and save her. Yep. And so, despite having plenty of time to make their delivery, they circle back to save the girl because they're going to cut her boyfriend's throat. They, for whatever reason, they knock the guy's doors down. <laughs> I don't know that they. It was probably unlocked given all the commotion that was going on. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's nitpicking. 
So they get there. They fight off all the bad people. She breaks the device in front of the Byers and Martin Mole, and a C seemed to have any MacGuffin for them to chase. So they're like, all right, you're in trouble, Martin Mole. We're going to yeah, have to break the, your ankles or something. Well, they might be killing Martin Mole. We don't know. The, the nefarious buyers of said device are not happy, hmm. and they haul Martin Mole away. Granted, if they're truly bad guys, they would just murdered everybody. Yeah. And then left. They didn't, because it's not that kind of movie. They get back in the car. Sweeney tries to steal the truck again. Um, yada, yada, we screwed up. There goes our truck. We're not where everything's going to be awful. And she's like, I really love you guys. And, and then they got, then one of the Paul brothers like reaches in his, his fanny pack and he's like, Hey, guess what I've got? <laughs> and he's like, she's like, Oh, you saved my device. And she had smashed the hotel's remote. And then he's like, yeah, go kiss your boyfriend while I watch. <laughs> it's essentially what happens he's like yeah go kiss your boyfriend and then he just kind of stares and then he looks over and his brother's making out with the doctor nice. and I think they just and then he like looks at the remote and he like turns off the movie he breaks the fourth wall yeah I saw that he broke the fourth wall hang on here alright let's play there we go I'll just play a little bit of this there's Sweeney stealing the truck and now, when he stole the truck, one of the cans of toxic waste fell over and begins to spill, and it has a little green shimmer. Is it going to go? It's too late. Couldn't afford it anyway. So unlucky. Seven years of hard work down the drain. I knew we'd never own that truck. We screwed up. And she's like, you didn't screw up, you did a lot of good, blah, 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 blah. There you go. There you go. Well, wait a second, we just should have stopped. There you go. Okay. Last sparkle with you, boys! Yeah! I'm just going to let it run, because you got to hear the creepy. Go, go kiss your boyfriend. Hear that? That was the toxic yes. waste. A little, a uh, little known fact: toxic waste actually farts a lot. It's very flatulent. It's just full of gas. Seven years of hard work down the drain. Don't worry, there's a joke with that coming up. I knew we'd never own that truck. We screwed up. You fouled up. You guys know better than that. There we go. Hey, don't even try. Okay, fine. You want to know the truth? At first, I did think you guys were a couple of idiots. I tried to take advantage of you. Then you risked your lives for me. You risked your dreams. That's not being idiots. That's being heroes. Look, I don't care. Just think whatever you want to think. But if it means anything, I really love you. Oh. Yeah, she's gonna make out with Rafe. Not the girl. I'll never be able to build another device like that. What this? Hey. Where did you get that? You gave it to me. But then what did I just break? A souvenir from the no cow motel. 
are a genius. Can somebody please tell me what's going on here? The goal with it is your boyfriend. It's shivers. And he is staring. And he turned off. Oh, good. Good job. Good job. Why don't you at least let the people see how the movie ends? Sorry. Uh, so meanwhile, they cut back to the toxic waste that is like post-animation over top of it, making it glow green. And, and basically, David, the joke is David Carradine's got cancer and he's going to die. Ha <laughs> You know. So His hair's falling out and his teeth are falling out. And uh, because one can tipped over. Meanwhile, Lunkhead sat on it eating a banana and nothing happened to him. So. Um, and then what's the deal? She ends up hot. She ends up selling those freaking bad boys to somebody else and making a bunch of money. And she buys the boys a truck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the and end. let's all wrap it up in a tidy little bow. And there you go. There you so go. what did you think? Um, I enjoyed it. The end did get a little. It did kind of meander there at the it, very end. It was running pretty good. It was running at a pretty good clip, and then, like the it's whole, nice. like the whole train track thing as being the climax of the movie seemed kind of dumb. And I guess it kind of saved it with like them showing back up at the girl's house. It should have just been them getting to the house and then having all that happen. Yeah, but uh, and then in the truck, and then the remote. They it just they like they had two or three endings in mind. Just filmed them all. And just threw it all together. So I, yeah, I think it was it was pretty entertaining. It got a little repetitive there in the middle. It was kind of like no matter what, they'd always come out on on the top, you know, like. Well, it'd kind of be like they go to point A, goons show up, they fight, they leave. Point A, point B, goons show up, they fight. And then point like C. each point, Sweeney tries to swipe the truck. And each point, they get the better of him, and he's like, oh, "I'm just kidding, boys." <laughs> Yeah, it seemed a little. It would have been a little more intriguing if the brothers got split up. I think if they would have split up and like and like he was held for hostage or whatever, and they had and they were they've been together for so long they didn't know what to do and like it'd be pretty cool if one of them was like totally awesome with it and the other one was like super freaking out, but like that would have made it because then it would have been it would have shaken things up a little bit differently than like you know hey. Let's go to this one truck stop and then have a fight and then get away and just repeat that a couple of times. So well, never really lost a fight. They get knocked out and be back up. And yeah, they had be getting choked with chains. They're kind of like superheroes in that sense. They're never really out of it. No, but I mean the jokes were pretty. The thing I liked about it is that the jokes that they did make, or at least the uh, there's some gags. Their gags are really good. The running gags were really good. The Chicken Bone song was awesome. It was the all, they had all their little unique, like church, like superstitions. I thought that was entertaining. Like it was, it was a, and and it was pretty good. And it, and I think it was more the all the supporting cast that helped kind of prop up the Barbarian Brothers because they were all right on their own, but the supporting cast really helped them like shine too. Hmm. Well, I'm just thinking. Trying to think of it. I laughed a couple times genuinely. It wasn't. Yeah, forced. I did too. So I mean, it wasn't like I'm laughing because this is so bad. I just like ah, oh, it's very fun. Um, 
Would you fast forward it? Oh no, 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 no. Way more things in front of this I would fast forward. You know. Um, so we both independently like came up with a theory about the movie too. So I'll <clears throat> go ahead with your <clears throat> theory. So um, they never really told us what happened to Sweeney at the end of the movie. They only gave <laughs> a hint about like, like, all right, there's toxic waste in there. He's he he has the truck and he's laughing his ass off. But then he kind of discovers that his hair is all of a sudden falling out. His hair is falling out. He's something's amiss. Yeah. So, um, so um, he's in California. He's in California. He's in the desert. Um, you kind of left wondering what happened because you know it's happily ever after for everybody else. Everybody else. You kind of know where their story ends. Like you know, Martin Mull's in trouble. He's done. Take him away to. to Department of Defense Jail or whatever it is they're gonna do, like break his ankles or whatever. You know that the girl is successful and and instead of having the the Department of Defense, um, like sell her stuff, she'll just she'll just do the American thing and then make it and sell it herself. Sell it as like like turn off the dangerous parts and make it like a universal remote, make it fortunate. Yeah. So she's doing that, and I think I am on. I think I, you and I had the same theory. Does the exposure to the toxic waste? And the proximity to Arizona or the New Mexico desert. Does it turn Sweeney into Pearl? Into Pearl. I think so. I I think so. They left it open-ended for him. You knew he was having problems, but there was no finality behind it. You knew, I mean, he could get treated and it'll be all good, right? But perhaps it had an effect where he then felt like his identity shifted. Yeah. And he was... um, and if his hair fell out, hence the wig. Yes. And so he takes the truck into the desert, um, a little worse for wear, mentally, physically. Um, and Slew comes in. strolling on in. Slew comes rolling in. Uh, Slew happens to be a gay man um, and falls for the David Carradine and is fine with him dressing as, dressing as and assuming the identity of a woman. I feel like there's Pearl. a trilogy missing here. Like, we have the second part of a trilogy that's, trilogy that's missing. This is like the prequel for Pearl. Yeah. This is like the Pearl stories prequel. Um, so, prequel. And, if ha- and if you haven't seen Sonny Boy, none of this is going to make any fucking sense. So, so see Sonny Boy. Go see Sonny Boy. Because that you movie get- doesn't make any fucking sense, but it is uh, it is an experience. It is, and it's, it, it, you'll leave you a lot of questions. You'll watch it again. The music is fabulous. Yeah. Um, almost as good as this. Almost as this. Um, it's you can get it like on V. Actually, you can get it for twenty less than twenty bucks. I think if you catch it on sale on Amazon, you can get the cl- super cleaned up version with extra scenes that I, will be the first time me seeing them that are on this Blu-ray. Um, you can get it on DVD as well, but it's the DVD version is just a VHS transfer, and you might as well just get the VHS if you got the music play. Yeah. The Blu-ray has some extra scenes that up until the Blu-ray came out were only viewable on the trailer for Sunny Boy on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, at some point in the promotion of this Epidose, we will pro- I'll probably link up that trailer in there as well. Um, but yeah, see Sunny Boy. And I, I, it's weird that you and I both had that same theory. As soon as you type that, I knew exactly what the theory was. He sent me a text while I was watching it, and he's like, I've got a theory. And I was like, does that have to do with Sunny Boy? And you're like, yes. And I'm like, I know what it is. Yeah. Pearl. 
the toxic waste turned Sweeney into Pearl. I feel like I feel like we definitely need to lay out some evidence, and and we need to break it down, like either in I a blog like, post or something. I feel a PowerPoint slideshow coming up with arrows and animations. That's right. Uh, dog agrees. <laughs> dog agrees. So I think um, we'll expand upon that on our social media outlets. Yes. Um, but. Um, yeah, definitely watch this one. Don't fast forward this. It's a good time. Um, a lot of sweet, sweet 90s, 80s, 90s nostalgia in there. Um, good music. <laughs> good animation. Um, oh, a tight, solid movie. Yeah, this is a good pick. I'd, you can enjoy this. It's just a fun one. You can make a little bit of fun of it, but you'll laugh genuinely at some of the bits. So. I wonder if it is available on... Uh, people can actually like purchase this. I would, I would guess you could at least buy it on VHS. And I bet somebody's probably taken the time to like DVD rip it and make and sell it on DVDs. Yeah. Now, what I would love to see is a company like a Shout Factory or another boutique DVD dealer. And there are companies that do the movies that aren't just horror as well. Um, all the ones that do horror, and actually, I take it back. They do some action. There is Code Red DVD, which does a really nice job re- uh, redoing movies. There's Shout Factory or Scream Factory, depending on what title it is. Yeah. Um, there's Diabolic DVD. Uh, there's Vinegar Syndrome. All these places, they take these movies that are somewhat forgotten, lost, overlooked. Um, they did. I know one of them did Ten to Midnight, which is Charles Bronson canon movie. And they cleaned it up and made it look really great. And they usually put really great bonus features on them. So... Uh, the Sunny Boy DVD, for instance, has a commentary with the writer of the movie. <laughs> One of the Which Amazon is, reviews for this movie said, Three and a half stars, good-natured, lighthearted fun with vet actors and tardy boys, the Barbarian Brothers. Tardy <laughs> <laughs> boys. Um, oh, man. Anyway. Yeah, so it's on VHS used for 35 bucks right now. How much? Uh, 35 bucks. For what? DVD? Uh, VHS. Oh, well, yeah. It's VHS. Fine. There's a Thin Big Double Trouble, which is another one of their movies, like, combo. That's, like, I guess, 11 bucks. Well, the collector version is definitely going to be by itself. I would encourage you to probably, if you if you do like to go to thrift stores, Goodwill shops, uh, flea markets, that kind of stuff, I'm willing to bet you could stumble on this. Yeah. Almost, I'm almost certain that I probably have seen it at, at some point. Yeah, and you're looking at if you find it one of those places, you're looking at paying a dollar, two bucks, something like that. It's well worth mm-hmm. it. You could also find it in nefarious ways, but I would recommend not doing that. You could do that as well. Um, I would also, I would love because it's see just this, a scarce. I would love to see this cleaned up and then have some in, unique commentaries put on so, it. So speaking of those guys and unique commentaries, they're still or, around today. They are. Well, I, I was going to say, we'll catch up with the Where Are They Now segment here. Um, I would like to see like the movie come out on Blu-ray DVD with the rap in like surround sound and a documentary on where the career of the Paul brothers and where they are now, which we can do that last part of. Where are they now? Yeah. Yeah. And there's some blog posts out there about that. There's some blog posts about where the Paul brothers are today. Yeah, yeah. There's so you can check anything of note that we should know. 
Well, they're both they're juiced up on steroids. Oh, boy. There's, like, some interview on YouTube uh, where they ran into the guy, and there he's a lot smaller. But he says, you're not, you're not, you're not as big now that you're not juicing. <laughs> I, I mean, the website was called uh, Muscular Development, like, dot .com or something. That doesn't seem like a real good way to broach that topic. Well, he then says, oh, but I'm still juicing, but the juice I'm getting some is from greens. <laughs> oh, God. Of course. he's. God damn it, yeah, I love those guys. Yeah, right? Gets his, he's eating his vegetables. He's doing it the real way. Yeah, he's just not as, as pumped. Well, and you don't want to be getting, you don't want to be that big getting older. But, just but Peter Paul now just runs a personal training business. I think good for him. They, they seem like nice fellas. And, uh... Seem like lovable meatheads. So. And I guess he's, I guess David Paul is still kind of acting. Hmm. He wasn't sold I, out, but I don't know what else he's doing. Ah, you know, if I was making some movies or I was making something, I would consider dusting them off for like a zany kind of like car race through the country movie, kind of like a cannibal run knockoff. Yeah. Maybe perfect. Put them in a car, put them in a truck, whatever. They were both briefly in Natural Born Killers, too. Holy crap. It was cut out from the final version, though. Oh, boy. That would change my Oh, mind. David's a professional photographer. Really? Yeah. All right, we'll score one for the meathead. And then, yeah, yeah. he, uh, he, Peter is a, owns a training business. Okay, I wouldn't have pegged professional photography for one of them, but training, yes, not a surprise. Professional photography, all right, good for him. Oh wow! This so, does not make me dislike them. I was afraid they were going to have like a dark future. What is that movie sold out? Because is it a horror movie? No. It sounds like. Let me find that. Is it S O U L E D sold out or S O L D sold out? Sold out. S O L U E D. It's got to be a horror movie. Oh wow. Gary Gary like... Busey, David Paul, and Peter Paul. Oh, oh boy! Now I gotta look it up. That was in two thousand five. So they do kind of act. I guess that's the last time they officially acted, which is in 2005. But yeah, I guess they're doing okay. I mean, at least they're not like dead. <laughs> Peter Paul played the devil in that movie. Yep. Oh, now I'm curious. I'm real curious. What's well, got Gary Busey in it? Well, you know. But there's only like four actors in it. Is it like a small production? I have no idea. But they're not dead, so that's nice. So, All right. yeah. Fine. So, um, Good. yeah, they are not dead, and they do not do... And they haven't gone, like, fallen off the rails. They seem to be living nice lives for themselves. And they're no longer juicing steroids. Except on greens. Yes. God help me, they're, they're lovable lunks. They eat enough poultry so they can sing chicken bone, chicken bone, lucky, lucky chicken bone every day. Yeah, that's good. You know what? I'm not, this movie is not, I'm, I think we need to do some, uh, some recon on finding that movie sold out. Okay. Because it does not seem to be available anywhere that I can see. We'll have to check that out then. And very I also say do not fast forward. That's the verdict. This is, this is a pretty fun one. Yeah. 
And it did lead me down a rabbit hole to where I may have found one of my future selections. Awesome. If, so I will, I'll tuck that one away in the book for now. Uh, in the midst of our, you know, our studio upgrades, um, we will be sure to try to squeeze one out uh, with ample time. So we'll get one. We'll get one going. Um, let's see. This is two. This is the second one for the year. And um, I think we know. We didn't really. We didn't really promote the January one so much. So we'll be doing a. We'll, you'll be getting a media blitz from our marketing department. Yes. Um, that'll be forthcoming. Um, kumbaya. Something something kumbaya. <laughs> uh, kumbaya. Um, so let's see here. So we gotta go out on this. You have to. There's no way we can. I mean, I... and if we can get a, and if we can clip, if we can find a clip of the opening sequence, we will get that posted uh, somewhere. Because the animation really does give it a little added zazz. Alright, well, until next time. Until next time, uh, don't fast forward. Don't fast forward. Facebook, Gonzo Guys, Twitter, Twitter uh, guys. Instagram. We have an Instagram going uh, too, so all the Gonzo Guys stuff. Adult Friend and... Fighter. Wait, what? That, that no. Uh, anyway, until uh, next time, think big. Think big and don't fast forward. If you want to be
Hey, Rafe, you ever think about having kids? Victor, we're gonna lose our truck because of you! They have such little feet, and chicks rarely dig it when you have kids with them. If we don't make it on time, I'm gonna kill you. Besides, babies are good luck, unless you know if they're born with like three sixes on their tongue or something. Victor, riders are bad luck, and you know it! Two riders are twice as bad. Relax!